Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks for Tuesday, February 4th, 2020. My name is Jay Zawoski. Locked On Blackhawks is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Talk Back Tuesday, but there is some Blackhawks news to go over as well. So we'll do that before we get to your voicemails. If you want to leave something for next week, feel free to do it now. There's no, it's never too early to leave a message for Talk Back Tuesday. Hit up a voicemail. 708-653-0572 or send an email or voice memo to LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks, my personal account at jzawoski 670 and of course my Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast at Madhouse Pod. New episode of that dropped on Monday night late. So once you wrap this one up, go listen to the Madhouse Podcast, different content, uh, different takes with my partner, James Neville. If you like this podcast, I think you'll like the Madhouse podcast for sure. Before we get to Talk Back Tuesday, a couple news items. The first one I want to get to because it came up so many times during Talk Back Tuesday, I'm just going to address it in one swoop here. You may have seen the news about Dustin Bufflin. If you've not heard, all season long, Dustin Bufflin wasn't sure if he was going to play again. He also had a grievance with the Jets filed. Um, seeing if he should get paid for injuries he suffered while a member of the Jets. It looks like this whole thing is headed towards a mutual termination of the contract and Dustin Bufflin becoming an unrestricted free agent. And as soon as that became a possibility, a lot of Hawks fans wanted to know, oh my God, can the Hawks go get Dustin Bufflin? If this happens, technically, yes, they could. But... Before you get excited, there's no indication that Dustin Bufflin wants to play hockey anymore. That's the one thing. He's not played for the Jets. I don't think he was unhappy with the Jets. I think he just doesn't want to play anymore. He's been banged up. He's had some concussions, some ankle issues, and he just sort of lost his passion for the game. That sort of seems to be the consensus. The other thing is, even if the Hawks signed him and if he agreed to come play for Chicago, he has not skated since October. And... Dustin Bufflin, when healthy, has been problematic when it comes to conditioning, when it comes to preparing for the season. His weight is a concern. His fitness is a concern. And all things being equal, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. Even if it's for a rental to see if he can come back, I don't know. I mean, I guess it can't hurt if it doesn't work out this year and he wants to sign and play for the Hawks for a million bucks. Fine. First of all, it's not going to happen. Don't get your hopes up. Everyone is pretty much just assuming that Bufflin's just going to walk away from the game and not play anymore. It seems to be what he wants. Yes, the Hawks could do it. Should they? Probably not, considering the fact that he hasn't skated yet and what, are you going to try to get him ready for the playoffs in a month? Eh, it doesn't seem very likely. So um, it's an option. I don't think it's a realistic option, but I just wanted to address that before we move on. The other thing is the Blackhawks claimed... Defenseman Nick Sealer from the Minnesota Wild, they reassigned Dennis Gilbert, so Sealer will join the Blackhawks. He was at practice Monday wearing number 55. It's unclear whether or not he will play for the Blackhawks in Minnesota, but what do we know about Jeremy Collin, right? I mean, come on. Every time a guy plays against his old team, he's in the lineup the next night, and the Hawks play the team he was on yesterday tonight. So I think it's could be pretty likely that Nick Sealer plays against the Minnesota Wild tonight. It will be interesting, something to keep an eye on. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, I don't know a ton about the guy. Bruce Pedro, the head coach of the Wild, had some comments I'll share with you here in a second. But just seems to be a try-hard guy, a physical defender, not going to drive a lot of offense. He's a stay-at-home guy, a physical guy. And maybe the Hawks see this as a better option at this point than Dennis Gilbert. Here's Minnesota Wild head coach Bruce Pedro on new Hawks defenseman Nick Sealer. I mean, he's worked really hard for us, and he was a great and he's a great teammate. So you know, um, uh, picking him up is is you know good for Chicago. Hardworking, good teammate seems to be the consensus around Nick Sealer. Uh, people in Minnesota seem to like him. Fans seem to like him. They seem to like his game a little bit and. They rooted for him, and I don't know. I just don't expect too much from a waiver claim, but you never know. You never know. Maybe Nick Sealer, the change of scenery is what he needed from the Blackhawks, but I'll tell you, 48 hours ago, uh, if you said the name Nick Sealer, I'd have to search my memory like, why do I think I've heard that before? Not someone I would count on for a huge contribution, but you can never have too many NHL-ready defensemen. So Stan Bowen goes out, picks up a guy for, for free, basically, and uh, he is with the team in Chicago right now. Don't know what that means for Dennis Gilbert's future. It's kind of interesting for a guy who played as much as he did for the Hawks to go out and acquire another physical stay-at-home style defenseman and then send Gilbert down. Eh, I don't know. I think Gilbert started off okay and then started to fade as the year went on. And uh, looks like the Hawks are not too interested in getting him any more playing time this season. Who knows, though? A lot can change. The trade deadline is on the 24th, so the Hawks could be moving out some bodies. And Dennis Gilbert could be back for sure by then. All right, we're going to cut the first segment a little bit short so we can get into our Talk Back Tuesday segment next on Lockdown Blackhawks. It is Talk Back Tuesday here on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Was feeling a little uh, underprepared for Talkback Tuesday. Didn't have a ton of responses. But then I went back and I checked the Twitter and realized that I did the Blackhawks midseason poll on the Twitter account and never paid it off because I'm the worst. So I'm going to do that right now. Thank you for the people who voted. We, have over, over, we, had, ugh, we had over 150 votes on this poll, so I will update it right now. First question. Who is the Blackhawks MVP so far? The options were Patrick Kane, Robin Leonard, and Jonathan Taves. Patrick Kane with 52% of the vote. Robin Leonard with 43% of the vote. Jonathan Taves with 4% of the vote. Who has been the Blackhawks' best rookie so far? The options were Dominic Kubalik, Kirby Doc, and Adam Boquist. Kubalik with 96% of the vote. Kirby Doc with 2% of the vote. And Adam Boquist with 2% of the vote. Doc and Boquist got the same amount of votes, same percentage. Who has been the Blackhawks' best defenseman this year? The options were Duncan Keith, Connor Murphy, and Eric Gustafson. Duncan Keith with 55% of the votes. Connor Murphy with 44% of the votes. And Eric Gustafson with 2% of the votes. I am rounding up the fraction, so if my math doesn't add up, don't yell at me. I was told there'd be no math in podcasting. Who has been the most disappointing Blackhawk so far this season? The options were Alex Dabrinkit, Alex Nylander, and Andrew Shaw. Alex Dabrinkit with 45% of the vote. Alex Nylander with 39% of the vote. Andrew Shaw with 17% of the vote. So there you go. Alex Dabrinkit, the most disappointing Blackhawk so far this season. 
Next question. Which of Stan Bowman's offseason moves has been the best aside from signing Robin Leonard? Very, very close. Here are the options. Trading for Zach Smith. Trading for Calvin DeHaan. Trading for Andrew Shaw. Trading for Oli Mata. DeHaan and Mata both got 34% of the vote. Zach Smith got 32% of the vote. Andrew Shaw, 1% of the vote for best move. What has been the best moment of the season so far? The options were Patrick Kane's 1,000th point, Coach Quenville honored at the Blackhawks game, or Kirby Doc's first NHL goal. No surprise, 74% of the vote goes to Patrick Kane's 1,000th point, 21% goes to Coach Q, and 5% goes to Kirby Doc, which has been the biggest story of the year so far. The options were Brent Seabrook's injuries, IR stint, Jeremy Cowton's turnaround, emergence of young players, Kane's continued dominance, or Robin Leonard's performance. Robin Leonard with 37% of the vote. Next up is Brent Seabrook's injuries in the IR stint with 24% of the vote. Kane and the young players both at 18%, and Cowton's turnaround with 3% of the vote. Predict the outcome of the season. Hawks make the playoffs. Hawks miss the playoffs by less than five points. Hawks finish well out of the playoffs. 63.5% said the Hawks missed the playoffs by less than five points. 26.3% say the Hawks make the playoffs. 10.2% say the Hawks finish well outside the playoffs. Last question. Who is most likely to be dealt at the trade deadline? Gustafson, Leonard, Crawford, or Saad? Eric Gustafson with 75% of the vote. Brandon Saad with 10%, Corey Crawford with 12%, and Robin Leonard with 4%. Thank you to everybody who participated in the Lockdown Blackhawks mid-season poll. Sorry I failed to update that uh, earlier in the season, but I'm not smart, as everyone, you, you probably know that by now. So let's get right to your Talk Back Tuesday questions. First one comes from Jeremy. He said, hey, Jay, if you had to choose one player to trade slash not sign to make next season's cap work, who would you choose? First option is Saad. Upcoming UFA could be traded for a good haul. Strom, unsigned RFA could be traded for a good haul, probably looking for five-plus million. Leonard, UFA could be long-term goalie but looking for big bucks. Kubalik, unsigned RFA could be looking for three or four million. Mata, making four million plus, could be bought out for 680k or traded for a bag of pucks, the easiest pill to swallow is buying out Oli Mata. That, that, you want to clear cap space? That's what you do. Brandon Saad, by the way, has two years left on that deal, which makes him very appealing for another team, and I think those, to me, are very likely. And maybe they wait to trade Saad until the summer. They could definitely do that, and they could tr- clear that $6 million bucks of cap space. Maybe they keep him to... Uh, get on a playoff run, which isn't a horrible idea. I think you could look at Saad moved in the summer. You could look at Mata bought out in the summer. I'd be fine with either of those. Somewhere, somehow, they're going to have to free up money for Dylan Strom and Robin Leonard. If you tra- if you trade those two, that's $9 million available. That's that's a good start. Not enough for both those guys, but it's certainly a good start. Jeremy, thanks a lot for the question. Let's go back now. Let's go to the first voicemail of the show this one comes to us from Eric. I think if Colleton gets us to the playoffs, we hold on to him. 
look, this guy comes in, he's expecting to learn from Quenville, and just after a year of being in the AHL, Quenville's gone. He's replacing a legend. He's coming into a locker room full of stars who have had enormous success, way more than he can claim, and you know, some are even older than him. Not only that, but he's coming in and he's saying, we gotta change some things, some major things. We're going from zone defense to man and a half. Think about it as well, your stars, these are gonna be the leaders for the younger players, right? But these are the same guys who are gonna have the hardest time learning the new system, right? They've been doing it for 10 years differently. They have to deprogram all that and they have to turn it around and see what happens. And obviously, you know, last year was a bit of a mess. That's to be expected. It's kind of a surprise we got as close as we did to the playoffs. This year, consistency's been an issue, no question. But when we play well, we play well. We've beaten good teams. And in the last, you know, 15, 20 games, I think our numbers are looking better. We're starting to look like a playoff team. And I think if he gets us into the playoffs, it's worth holding on to him. Uh, he's shown that he can learn. Remember, he's only you know 100 games into his pro coaching career. I think he's got a lot of promise. Patrick Kane says he's a smart guy. I think there's there's a lot there that's worth kind of holding out for. So uh, so yeah, if he gets to the playoffs, let's stick with him. One last thing, I also think that um, we keep Bowman as well. I think him and Bowman have uh, a little more chemistry. I would hope that. We might get more out of players that come through Bowman's drafts or trades than we did with Q. Q sometimes just clearly didn't like players. They were gone, and then they do well at other places. And my hope is that um, it works out better with, uh, with the tandem of Bowman and Colleton. Eric, thank you so much for the voicemail. Some really good thoughts there. I, I like the way you sort of put it. And, and something maybe hadn't been thought of enough was the impact of a new coach on those veteran players who had been playing the same system for so long that it would be such a challenge for them to adapt and adjust to that new system. That's the first time I'd heard that really brought up, and it's a really solid point. I see what you're saying about Bowman, and you're right about Quinville just sort of dismissing guys out of hand right away. He was never a fan of Nick Letty. He didn't seem to be too big of a fan of Tavo Teravainen, and... I, to you know, Teravine and to a lesser extent, Letty have gone on to have success elsewhere, and now maybe Cowton and Bowman are on the same page. I'm just, I don't know. I just, Stan's track record lately has not been good enough for me, and I need it to be better. And I don't know if it's going to be someone from in house or someone from outside, but I'm ready for a new look at GM. I think he's been doing it for so long, so long that maybe it's time for a new, fresh set of eyes on the team. Maybe they find another role for Stan Bowman. Maybe they give him a, air quotes, promotion and put him like above GM, like advisor to the owner or something like that. They can find a way to keep Stan Bowman around if they don't want to lay him off and put another guy in charge of the day-to-day operations. That's a way to do it. It's something to consider. I was a Stan Bowman supporter for a really long time. And I took a lot of heat for it, to be honest with you. Um, But I think it's time. I think enough has happened that it's time to take a look at a new GM for the Blackhawks. Talk Back Tuesday rolls on here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Lots of questions to get to. So let's get right back to them. You want to leave me one 708-653-0572 or LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. Next question comes from Larry. A lot of really short-term questions today. Do you think it's possible they sign Kubelik and let Strom go? Larry, it's a good question. I still feel like Strom is a priority to them. He's been close to a point-per-game player, maybe a little bit under that. 
since the Blackhawks acquired him. And the one thing that gives me pause, and I've mentioned this before, is that they drafted Kirby Doc third overall. And they didn't draft Kirby Doc to third overall to be the third line center for the next five or six years. And yeah, Jonathan Taze at some point is going to start to transition out of that number one role. But it's not soon, and I don't think anyone's going to trade for Jonathan Taves. So maybe, just maybe, they trade Dylan Strom's rights and bring in a guy at a different position a little bit cheaper, maybe in the same situation as he was when they acquired him. Two years left on an entry-level deal. He presents a lot of options. I just really like Dylan Strom. I like his game a lot, and I want the Blackhawks to keep him. But if you're looking at Kubalik for four, or Strom at six, these are the sort of tough decisions you have to make. And I do not envy Stan Bowman having to make that decision. It's not an easy one. It certainly isn't. But I think I've seen enough from Dylan Strom to believe that this is the player he is. He's got, what, 30 points in 40 games or something like that with the Hawks this year? He's found a home here. I like what he brings to the team. I like that he can play center or wing. I like what he brings to the power play. I think they should do what they can to keep him around. And maybe, just maybe, the injury problems have reduced his cost a little bit. I don't know. But if they can get him, I I don't think they're going to be able to get him for less than six. But if they can get him for somewhere in the fives, I'm doing it. I'm absolutely doing it and figuring it out down the road. Again, you can still trade Saad. You can buy out Olimata. You can trade another higher-priced contract if you have to. But I would find a way to keep Dylan Strom if I could. Next question comes from Larry. Will the Blackhawks ever go back to wearing white at home? Asking for a friend. Larry, I am so with you. I love the white uniforms. They look so great on the United Center Ice, and that's what I grew up. That's how I grew up watching the Blackhawks, wearing the white jerseys. I prefer them to this day. If you look at the two next to each other, Go to the Blackhawk store, go to the whatever it's called, the Madhouse store outside the building, and just look at the colors on the white jersey. It's beautiful. It's the best jersey in hockey. I don't think there's any question about it. And I do wish they would go back to the whites at home. I think they look awesome. But when you look at those seats inside the United Center, almost everybody's got a red jersey on. So I don't see it happening anytime soon. It would have to be a league-wide decision as well. The Hawks just couldn't do it on their own. But I'm here for it. I love the I love the white jerseys, and I hope 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 that someday the league switches back to that format. All right, let's go back to the voicemails. This one comes from Mark. Hey Jay, this is Mark from the Southwest suburbs. Um, just wanted to chime in here. A couple thoughts. Number one on the homework assignment. I think the Hawks should really push for the playoffs. Um, they're kind of at that spot now where they can make a run and win a couple of games. I feel like they should certainly try to do that. I'm not for them adding any pieces, but certainly I think it makes sense for them to to go for it. Um, and really, there aren't a lot of teams in the Western Conference that you look at and say this is an impossible team or you know this team is a juggernaut. While I think the Blues and the Avalanche are a step better than the Blackhawks, I really don't feel like they're significantly better. And if you keep a guy like Robin Leonard, you know that guy could tilt the series in your direction pretty easily. I mean, it's not. It's not that uncommon to see a goalie win a round or two, and I think that that's a guy that probably could do it. So don't want to see them move him. Um, if the Hawks do move, don't make the playoffs, I'm all for Stan getting the boot and Jeremy Colleton. I think they both should be 
you know, lockstep together in that process. And really, you talked about having fresh eyes. I think that's really the best way to go. My last point uh, is about Brent Seabrook, who, by the way, I really felt like early on his career was a borderline Hall of Fame player. Um, I don't think it's any coincidence that since he's been out of the lineup, the Hawks have been really good. I know that when he was injured, a lot of people were all concerned about his leadership and, you know, what that would do to the locker room and, you know, the, the characteristics that he brings to the club. Quite honestly, they've been better without him. 12-5 and five since he's been out of the lineup is good. You're talking about more minutes for guys like Boquist and other players that probably deserve him. No offense to Brent Seabrook, but he doesn't deserve the heavy minutes anymore, and he's not the player he used to be. So keep up the great work. Flipped over to the voice memo. Much better. Thanks, Jay. Have a good day. Bye. Mark, thank you for the voicemail. Good stuff there. Uh, I really love when you guys just say what you want to say and, and don't ask me a question necessarily. Let's get other opinions out on the podcast. Here's my fear with not trading the un unrestricted free agents. We have to look at this thing realistically. And while you're right, Robin Leonard could get hot, could carry the Hawks to a playoff series win, maybe two, but we've got to be realistic. This is not a Stanley Cup champion. And you have the opportunity with Robin Leonard to a lesser extent with Eric Gustafson, maybe Brandon Saad, whoever, to get assets, draft picks, prospects, things that can make your team better for a long time to come. And it's not easy to do. And it's not easy to admit that. And especially for Stan Bowman and for Jeremy Cowton, who's trying, they're both trying to hang on to their jobs. It's got to be really tempting to not do what's best for the franchise in a year or two years or three years. But realistically, is this team a cup contender? Now, if they go seven and three, they've got 10 games before the deadline. If they go seven and three or eight and two or even six and four, over that stretch, maybe that changes the conversation a little bit. But right now, as excited as I am and as pleased as I am with how they're playing, you just have to be cerebral. You have to think with your head and not your heart. And the best way to make this team better when they are ready to contend, when Kirby Doc is 22, 23 years old, when Adam Boquist is 23, 24, starting to come into his own, as a number one, number two defenseman. The best way to do that is to sell. And I know it's hard. I know it's a tough pill to swallow. And I know it's going to feel like a white flag trade. But they have to look at this thing realistically. But again, I'm not... I want them to make the playoffs. I really do. But my fear is they stand pat. They make the playoffs. They lose in the first round in five games. They, they lose Leonard for nothing. They lose Gustafson for nothing. And they have nothing to show for it. That's my biggest fear. It'd be great if they could be the next St. Louis Blues. But there's nothing I'm seeing that tells me that. Even with the success they've had recently, in the record books, the underlying numbers still aren't great. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very nervous about this trade deadline. Because look, if they, if they stand pat, and try to make a playoff spot, I'm not going to pout because I'm excited. I want playoff hockey back. That's obviously good for me if the Hawks are in the playoffs. But I just think they have such an opportunity here to quickly improve the roster. And look, they could still bring Robin Leonard back. 
He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. They can bring him back. They've got Corey Crawford. Corey Crawford's won two Stanley Cups. He's been playing awesome lately, too. Yeah, he's a hit away from maybe never playing again. But figure out. Maybe you trade just Crawford. I don't know. So much to consider ahead of the deadline here. Man, I, I just get, like, nervous thinking about it. Yikes. Sean emails uh, similarly sort of, you know, piggybacking on the Eric Gustafson thought, the, the trade thought. He says, I know this may be unconventional, but if we're not going to get something decent in return, do we have to trade Gustafson? He has good chemistry with the guys, and we should would need to find a second quarterback for power play unit, too. Gilbert's not that guy, that's for sure. That's me saying that. Not sure at this point who would be. His numbers this year would not fetch a high uh, re-sign price because the upside is probably already past him. Just asking Sean. Not a bad question. Now, look, if Gustafson is willing to sign for Oli Mata money, three or four million, you buy out Mata, and that, that's a wash, right? I don't know. That's a good point. I don't know if he's going to command the money he may have commanded last year. That's why I was sort of on board with trading him last summer while his value was higher than it was ever going to be. But the Hawks held on to him, hoping that he would sort of repeat the performance and they can move him at this deadline. He hasn't repeated the performance. He hasn't been terrible, but he's also not been what he was last year. But the good news for the Hawks is maybe they can extend him before this summer. But if you're Gustafson, why would you do that? You can always go back. You can always say to the Hawks, all right, I didn't like what I saw out there. Let's talk. It doesn't make sense for me ever for an unrestricted free agent to sign before he hits the market. There's never a good reason to do that. Never. Unless you're going to get paid the most in the league, which is only reserved for elite players. I don't know. To me, I'm moving them at the deadline. I'm, you know, just giving more of that ice time to Boquist and see what you got in Cuckoo and I don't know. I just... <laughs> I just th this month is just so crucial to so many things and uh, it's going to be really really fascinating last question comes from Ted Gruber give him a follow on Twitter good guy Ted Gruber he says will Steve Larmer's number ever be retired will he ever get in the Hall of Fame this has been Ted Gruber's campaign for years uh, and I agree with him I don't think he'll get his number retired I think that ship has sailed I unless another 28 comes around and is great and is worthy of retirement too, then I think they'll do it. Probably how they'll do it with Chelios and Seabrook. I do think he will get in the Hall of Fame someday. And hopefully it's not so long from now that he's not around to see it. He's in good health, but sometimes it takes someone passing away for people to realize, oh, he was really damn good. Yeah, no kidding. Steve Larmer is an absolute Hall of Famer. He should absolutely be in the Hall of Fame. And hopefully someday... Someone makes a cogent enough argument where people start to say, you know what? Yeah, you're right. This guy was great at hockey. Yeah, no kidding. Steve Larmer is a no-doubt Hall of Famer. All right, that's going to do it for Talk Back Tuesday on Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you so much for listening. Tomorrow's podcast will have post-game reaction to the Wild game. Then they play the Bruins on Wednesday. It's about to get really, really busy here for the Blackhawks, so keep it here on Lockdown Blackhawks. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And, oh, by the way, Got another note asking me about the music on this show. Greg Henkin is the is the man who makes all the music for the show. Greg is my guitar teacher. And I had him up. I'm like, hey, man, if I throw you a couple bucks, can you make a couple music beds for me? So all the music you hear on this podcast and on Lockdown Blackhawks is uh, courtesy of Greg Henkin. 
I tag his website in the description of every podcast I do here on Lockdown Blackhawks. You can check out his website, gregsguitarlessons.com. He does them via Skype. They're great. Uh, but I thank him for supplying all the music here to Lockdown Blackhawks. We can't use licensed music, so I had to find another way, and he created exactly the sound I wanted. So thank you to Greg, and thank you for asking. We'll talk to you Wednesday on Locked on Blackhawks, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, like I said 50 times in this episode.